from Handleton to Her Branston for Pembrokeshire. From Pembrokeshire, this is Pure West Radio. Pure West Radio News. I'm Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. A Milford Haven man has died after consuming a drug named Spice, an inquest heard on Thursday. 29-year-old Darren Roberts grew up and went to school in Milford Haven before attending the pupil referral unit at the age of 13 and working on a farm when he left school. The inquest heard that in 2014 he began smoking legal highs and was described as being chronically addicted to them. He later developed mental health problems believed to be due to the amount of legal highs he was taking. It was on January 31st this year that paramedics' attempts to begin CPR were unsuccessful. A post-mortem carried out by consultant pathologist Dr Petcha Nadeva revealed the presence of synthetic cannabinoids in Mr Roberts' system. The coroner, Paul Bennett, recorded a conclusion of drug-related death, adding that this was in no way a judgment on Mr Roberts' lifestyle and offered his condolences to the family. Children in Pembrokeshire will soon be able to collect a book this Christmas from a community centre, donating free books as part of the festive period. The Mount Community Centre in Milford Haven has been unable, due to COVID-19, to hold its annual celebration, where Father Christmas visits the centre and speaks to the children of the county. However, the community centre is hosting a book donation, with books being given out by trustees of the centre and with support from Milford Haven School. Children will be able to collect the brand new books, which are for all ages 1 to 11 at the community centre between 11.30am and 1pm on Saturday, December 11th. The Welsh Ambulance Service has introduced a new app to better support victims of domestic violence. Ambulance crews have been supporting patients to access the app Live Fear Free for help and advice on domestic violence. Live Fear Free is a 24-7 helpline for women, children and men experiencing domestic abuse, sexual violence or other forms of violence against women. The Welsh Ambulance Service's Head of Safeguarding, Nikki Harvey, said having the technology to refer patients digitally using iPads is not only more efficient for crews but it means that vulnerable patients get the support they need more quickly we all deserve to live without fear and in an environment which is safe and modernizing this referral pathway brings us a step closer to that There is to be an introduction of housing measures to help protect poultry and other captive birds from avian influenza following an increase in findings of highly pathogenic avian influenza in poultry. The Chief Veterinary Officer for Wales agreed to the introduction after the findings combined with increased risk levels. The new measures, which will take effect today, will see all bird keepers to keep their birds indoors and follow strict biosecurity measures to limit the spread of disease. All keepers will continue to be required by law to take a range of biosecurity precautions, including checking existing housing structures are fit for housing, considering how welfare of birds can be enhanced while they are housed and putting up additional housing or netting where necessary. A biosecurity checklist can be found on the Welsh Government's website at gov.wales and for more information you can email the Animal Health and Welfare Team at Pembrokeshire County Council at awelfare at pembrokeshire.gov.uk. I'm Charlie James and that's the latest for Pembrokeshire.
Well, a very good evening, and we are off and running with the second half on Pure West Radio this Monday evening with Pembrokeshire Properties. It's a chilly night, but we've got plenty to get our teeth into this evening. We will kick off with a look at the headlines from the weekend's local football and rugby and some thoughts from Fraser and Gordon on the Sport Pembrokeshire Awards that took place on Friday, as we heard in the first hour of the show. Uh, There's also news on a new manager for Manchester United, a cracking test match between India and New Zealand and our after a wintry weekend, memories of the times you've watched sport in the snow. And we've got two guests tonight as well. Uh, we'll be joined by the former Wales goalkeeper, Joe Price, making a welcome return to the show. She'll tell us about a brilliant street football initiative that's open to players of all abilities and is for people who may have struggled from a range of mental health issues. Joe will give us the lowdown on a brilliant project and we'll cover a thumping win for the Wales women's side against Greece and previously you tomorrow's pretty important game with France as they look to qualify for the World Cup. Also with us we will revisit something we covered earlier this year when we talked to Dan Birch he'll tell us about the support the rugby community in Pembrokeshire gave his family with some amazing fundraising for the Ronald McDonald House Charity. It's a heartwarming story of some brilliant Pembrokeshire fundraising and that is all to come but let's say good evening to the dynamic duo in the studio in Haverford West. Gordon Thomas how are we? very good Ben it was a bit of a windy uh, weekend with that storm wasn't it but uh, I managed to get out and about and see some sport it was freezing I was going to say how cold was it Gordon it on was, Saturday it was really cold mate it, was, it really surprised me because at least 10 days ago I was in a shirt sleeve in, in work <laughs> walking around but on Saturday you had to get the thermals out it was really cold well, I went, to, I went to watch a local game on Saturday. I went to watch Gloucester City against Kettering Town in the FA Trophy. Uh, first time I've been to watch Gloucester City for about 30 years. They've got a different ground and no word of a lie. That was the <laughs> coldest football match I have ever been to. Yeah. Uh, to the extent that we actually watched the first 10 minutes in the bar. Um, and I messaged my friend yesterday morning, uh, just looking through Gloucester City's Twitter feed. And, I, and there was a, a thing that said 48 minutes, Gloucester City red card. And I tweeted him, I said, do you remember that? Because we, we'd had one or two beers watching. I said, do you remember that sending off? And he said, no, that must have been when we were inside. <laughs> so it was yeah. so cold, we missed a sending off. But yeah, it, it was bitter. And I imagine everyone watching and playing o- over the weekend, Fraser, would have been suffering from those conditions. Yeah, there's plenty of bitter in Gloucester by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah. and, and one or two, one or two. Yeah. No, well, I was at the Awards on Friday night when the inclement weather just, just began to start and, and the walk from the car park to the door, usually one or two minutes, felt like the longest one of my life. I walked in pretty much battered, but no, no, a good weekend apart from that. A good night on Friday, good to see that back on, and I was, uh, I was not sorry to be working indoors on a Saturday for once. Well, those Sport Pembrokeshire Awards, I think I said last week, when you'd be waiting for the interviews in the fun fair, that was the bit that was always cold at Folly Farm. There was just no yeah. way they could heat the fun fair because no, it, yeah. it's, it's outdoors, isn't it? How how did it all go, Fraser? What what were the highlights for you on Friday? Oh, look, Ben, it was. It goes without saying it was good to have it back, you know, and just simply the highlight was to have um, sports people mixing and socialising and being able to congregate again and being able to celebrate something. Of course, you know, Bill was on the presenting duties, did a great job as always, and Alan Jones put so much into organising it. And, you know, there was, there was one or two disappointments. Paula Craig, the, the recipient of the Lifetime Achievement Award, she pulled out quite late, and I think that's the first time since Scott Gamma, oh, yeah, in yeah. different circumstances, didn't turn up as well. So that obviously took the shine, shine of her receiving that. And, and there were restrictions in place. You, 
you say you say about the fair that didn't go ahead this year there's no bar it's very much an in and out occasion and then and mm-hmm. very quickly done so you know i understand why it had to be restricted you know and, and at least they've taken the first step back they've got it back on and it was good to see faces again and, and good to see people rewarded as well because we all know that you know, receive an award when someone's on zoom in your living room is not quite the same so um no it's good to get people up on stage and just being able to celebrate a bit as well and what I like, Gordon, about the event over the years, it's it's all about recognition. It's all different abilities, different levels, recognise young sung heroes as well. And there were some award winners that, that we featured on this show. So it's so Chris McEwen, yeah. um, who we spoke to just a few weeks ago. And I think we all remember that that incredible interview he gave. Yeah. Uh, and it, I was really pleased to see he, he won the Coach of the Year award. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, he's done a, a superb job down in Pembroke Dock with the guys there, and it's great that these people who are putting so much into sports do get recognised. As Fraser just pointed out, there, it's important, uh, and it, and it is a great evening because you get um, people from all walks in Pembrokeshire of different sports all mixing and uh, enjoying the evening. It's it's a great night, and uh, long may it continue. And good job, it's back. We'll mention a few, and, and Fraser's Twitter feed is brilliant. You, you were live tweeting Fraser, the, the award winners, so people can have a look at that. That's um, at Fraser Sport One. Um, the team of the year, N- Nayland Cricket Club, recognised, I, I guess, for just phenomenal achievement. They had that mm. great run in, in the National yeah. Village Cup as well, didn't they? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was quite a comprehensive win from their part. No disrespect to anyone else. And, and it was one of those awards where you almost don't want to see them win it because it's become so frequent. And I expect they'll be up in the running and probably win it again in the near future. And yeah, when yeah. I say that, you do like to see variety. But then when you keep performing at the high level, you keep getting the accolades and, and it's up to teams around to match that. So no, well done to them. We should do it. just a word for the, the female and male sporting achievements sure. as well. That was Lisa Neumann and, and Stephen Varney. Yes, a, rug- a rugby theme to both of them, of course. Yeah, of course, Lisa's broken through at international level, one of Wales' best players in the Six Nations. She unfortunately couldn't be there because of her commitments to sail. And, and Stephen Varney as well, goes without saying, actually the first try in the autumn. I don't think we mentioned that for <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, he did. That, yeah. Um, to be honest, one of their shining lights in, in the last Six Nations as well. They're struggling as a nation, but they have got young players coming through and he's yeah. one of them. And it was nice, actually, his father, Adrian, was there to receive it and Stephen did leave a video message all the way from Italy so it um, didn't sound too Italian yeah. <laughs> I was going to say we joked last autumn when Wales had a pretty rotten autumn internationals didn't they and Pivot was under pressure that one of the top performing Welshmen in the, the autumn <laughs> internationals was Stephen yes, Barney, yes, Barney that's true. Yeah. he, he yeah. enhanced his reputation though didn't he for Italy he, oh very much so Gordon, Gordon will add to it now but yeah very much so I think yeah he's a, he's a really talented young uh, player is Stephen and uh, he's come up through uh, I think it was Preseli school am I mm. right to say that and in the, the Crimache area and cardigan area he he is a a phenomenal little player and um, you know he made the decision to go to Italy and it's definitely been the right one because he's playing regular international Mm. rugby and uh, good luck to him for the rest of uh, the season and hopefully we'll see him in the Six Nations not scoring against Wales (laughs) mixed emotions there for the family if he does no (laughs) doubt okay Um, well listen the first hour of the show this evening we we had some of the the winners from the Sport Pembrokeshire Awards that Fraser managed to speak to on Friday so uh, that will be going up on the podcast page on the Pure West Radio website. So do have a listen back to that because it was great to hear from, from some of those winners on Friday. Uh, let's just wrap up some of the, the local uh, football and rugby headlines, shall we, from, from the weekend. Let, let's start with football. Uh, no game, uh, Gordon, for West County this weekend. Flint Town to come on Saturday. Do yeah. the rest 
might have done them a, just a bit of... Yeah, I think they needed a break, to be honest with you, Ben. We've spoken about that for the last few weeks. A lot of they, They've got a, a very, very slim squad at the moment, and a lot of them are carrying knocks. So hopefully they'll be that week will help. And uh, they go to Flint Town with a bit of confidence. They beat them a couple of weeks ago at the Meadow. It's, it, they're all tough games at that level, but Wayne and his boys need to dig out at least a draw if they can up there. And uh, good luck to them. Let's hope they do 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 that or actually uh, pick up the three points. Let's be greedy. Yeah, that's well. It's definitely something they'll be looking to do, Fraser, won't it, at Flint? That's an important game if you look at the table. Yeah, of course it is. We mentioned now every game is crucial. Only eight games to go till the cut. They currently lie at the moment in, in joint second bottom, as you were just um, level on points, I believe, or, or two points clear of the relegation zone. But you know, Gordon's mentioned there that they have been a bit lacklustre in terms of numbers and, and had people out with injuries and so on. But so are other teams struggling the same you know you can't keep on making the same excuse and we keep saying about this January transfer window there's a good few games to go to January it might be too late by then so yeah Flint Town away or not it's a time to get results Okay, uh, let's just focus on the senior cup as well Uh, there were two games played on Saturday Penna Robbins 1 Haken United 3 Milford United 0 good at United 2 again in the first hour of Pure West Sport do all the results all the goal scorers uh, so make sure you listen out for that Uh, but the next round draw has been made so let's get some reaction from Fraser and Gordon then the the quarter final draw for the Pembrokeshire Senior Cup as follows Uh, Nayland against St Clair's Haken United against Merlin's Bridge Kilgetty against Pembroke Borough and good at United United against Carew. I'll go to Gordon first. Which, which tie there uh, jumps oh, out for you, Well, two, two ties stand out there, don't they? Good at Carew and uh, Haken versus the bridge. Uh, the, the the big boys are all coming against each other. Uh, so it's going to be... It's, it's very interesting to know, and Haken boys might laugh at this, I think it's their first draw at home this season in a cup competition. So uh, they'll be looking at uh, taking uh, the Wizards on at the OBS, and that'll be a good good game. Um, I would say that the Vikings are probably uh, slight favourites going into it, and then you've got good at Kiru. Well, that, that's a cracker as well. Uh, Goodick at the top of the table. Kiru have had a, a few mixed results at the moment, just losing by the odd goal against Haken and the Bridge in their league tussles recently. But they'll be fired up at Phoenix Park to try and uh, topple Goodick in that game. That that should be a good game mm-hmm. to look forward to. How does the draw open up then, Fraser? Who, who, who would you be? Who would you be backing to win the cup based on that quarter-final draw? <laughs> well, I mean, we talk about our old friends Haken and Goodick all the time, don't they? Both got yeah. home ties, and mm. me and Gordon, I've got time to go into it now. Haken at home to Bridge, a little here to history of that in the senior cup, but yeah. but that's another story for another day. But I actually think the other half of the draw is pretty fascinating when you look at it. Nayland at home to St Clair's. Nayland, we spoke last week, didn't we? That we didn't really want the relegation race to be defined so early on, no, and, no. and with that, St Ishmael's beating Nayland on Saturday. Saturday, crucially dragging Nayland right back into it and yeah. spoke to Sean Hannan at the Sports Awards on Friday so they've got a lot of players missing at the moment his, his brother Patrick important goalkeeper is out injured that at home to St Clair's won't be an easy tie for them St Clair's Division 2 or not they've had a good win in the West Wales Might Cup draft in a few Whitland boys there right? yeah well yes Nico <laughs> Sotaro and the, Jonathan Thomas I, I, have, I have noticed names cropping when Milford <laughs> when uh, Whitland aren't playing yeah. yeah and also you know what a chance for Kilgetty now at home to P- Pembroke Borough and they've yeah. got under the radar a bit this season we talked about mm-hmm. Division 1 of course Lucas Gamble another winner at the, uh, the Pembroke Sports Award spoke yeah. in the first hour of the show 22 yeah. points and 24 in Division 2 they're playing you know, well they've been playing on the well. cusp of promotion for a long long time they probably would have got it before Covid came in ironically yeah. and now they really do have a, a chance to push on and and 
and go into Division 1 and I'd back them to do that this season and at home to Pembroke Borough is a tie they should win you yeah. know so a big chance yeah. of them to get to the meadow and, and play in the, the semi-final, semi-final. Yeah. so I, I, I could have a scenario where we have you know two of the big sides in Division 1 and two Division 2 sides in the semi-final yeah. which would be interesting good mm. as well could be a Good Division 2, Division 1 final if they both, uh, <laughs> if the draw is kind. Could happen. Okay. It could happen. Yeah. Do you know when those matches will be played, Fraser? Will they, no, will they be aside of Christmas? And not specified yet, no, just the yeah. draw. Okay, we'll keep, we'll keep an eye on that. Mm. Um, we will do some local rugby before nine. Uh, the headline really was that Aberystwyth got their revenge on Whitland the last <laughs> time those two sides met. Um, Mike Phillips was in the Whitland side, so we, we will do that before at nine o'clock. And over the weekend, of course, in Pembrokeshire, and we saw Leicester-Watford, the wintry conditions really mm. did play a part. So I just thought I'd, I'd ask you to, and we'll, we'll put it out there as well, at times you've played or watched sport, maybe in Pembrokeshire or somewhere else, have you played in the snow, either of you two? Watch games in the snow? How, how bad's it been over the years? I don't know if I've mentioned this before. The coldest I've ever, ever played at was when I was under 15's Pembrokeshire playing against Swansea at Mumbles. And <laughs> I tell you what, the snow, the rain, the wind, I was frozen. Absolutely frozen. I don't how know. Did you get it's, on? it's like that in St David's every week, so he's used to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> funnily enough, there's, there's two incidents that speak to mind. That's why I mentioned this to Steve Martin in the first hour of the show. He spoke about Milford's win over Lucker on Saturday. I played a game there at the OBS, and it was a it was similar wind to Saturday, but just probably twice the rain, and the post protector blew 80 <laughs> metres down the pitch. Played out on the way, didn't get many touches either, mm-hmm. but no. And there was another time, which around Christmas, when we had a bit of ice and snow in Carew, they decided to play it anyway. I think we were all standing there shivering at the start. Back in those days, a few beers before a game wasn't um, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't yeah. a head towards it. And Lee Davis, the brother of Simon Digger Davis, didn't quite have the nutritional discipline of his brother. <laughs> just as we just as we were kicking off, spewed all, all, all over the centre circle, and the conditions duly froze that, and we had to dodge it for the rest of the game. So how did he play? How did he play? He didn't last long. Um, <laughs> and we lost five one. All oh, right, a, okay. It was a trip I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. X. Well, let's have some more of those. Our producer Tom actually mentioned. I need to check the year on this, but a Scarlet's Munster game, European game that ended up, I think, in the snow. So we'll, we'll, we'll check the year on that. I can remember covering, the, and this is always the windiest, coldest place. I think it was always around the new, maybe New Year's Day, point to point mm. at Lidstep. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, that, not <laughs> that could be some years. If it was windy, if, that would if, just cut you in half. Yeah, if you go back to the 70s, you can probably just about remember this, boys, because I'm the old head. When it was snow on the ground, they used to play with an orange That's ball. That's right, yeah. Yes. Orange yeah. ball. Can you remember that? Well, it came out, didn't it, over the weekend? Leicester against Watford. It was, it, was, okay. it was snowing. Was, yeah. I don't think it's orange anymore. I think oh, it's yellow nowadays. Well, exactly. You have to change the colour, don't they? You it, know, they keep up with the times, really. Is the orange ball a thing of the past? That's it the question. Is. It is. Yeah. It was a lace-up as well, mate. <laughs> they, they would have needed it at Burnley yesterday, wouldn't they? Did you see the Burnley-Tottenham? Yeah. The pitch yeah. at Turf Moor was yeah. Yeah, snowbound. I, I was quite happy with that result in the end. Not playing, I think. We need to be on the training ground at the moment. <laughs> so we'll take, we'll take some of those. Coldest places you've ever watched sport. Uh, if you've ever watched any Pembrokeshire football, rugby, cricket, maybe. 
in the snow that's Pembrokeshire after all isn't it yeah. uh, let, let us know give us a message on the Facebook page and we'll read some of those out uh, we will take a moment Joe Price is going to be with us we're going to talk about this street football initiative uh, Wales women are uh, heading are they are they on track at least for a place in the World Cup a really good win over Greece mm. but a big game tomorrow against France and are the men going to do likewise as well uh, with the World Cup draw of course made on Friday so we'll talk to Joe about all that and we've got Dan Birch with us as well before nine o'clock it's Monday evening and it's Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties Some things in life can be a bit of a conundrum and seem to be more trouble than they're worth but listening to digital radio shouldn't be one of them Here's a good one What's so smart about listening on a smart speaker? Well, the answer is actually quite clever. It's a speaker you can talk to, so you can just ask it for your favourite radio shows. Request a station or programme by name and you'll get the live broadcast or the most recent episode. There's no searching by frequency and you can cook in the kitchen or dance doing the housework to whatever you've asked your speaker to play. Quite smart for a speaker. Find out more at getdigitalradio.com. Love Radio. Go digital. Join us every Monday evening on the weekly Pure West Sports Show with Pembrokeshire Properties. All the very latest sports news from around the county as well as views, guests and gossip from our award-winning panel. Join us every Monday between 7 and 9pm. Pure West Sport, proudly sponsored by Pembrokeshire Properties. Buy or sell your next house with a truly local, fast-growing property agent. Pembrokeshire Properties. Welcome home. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire. From sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the last Wednesday of every month at 9.30am and 5.30pm only on Pure West Radio. If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. At KO Carpets, you know quality is assured. We've been your local family-run business for over 40 years. We're widely recognised as Pembrokes' leading supplier of domestic and contract flooring. We provide full end-to-end service, free measures and estimates, free delivery and free fitting by our professional team of highly skilled fitters. Come and see us at Vine Road, Johnston, or drop us an email, sales at kocarpets.com. We're a knockout at flooring. Harbour Ford West. I'm coming to visit you this Christmas. The Santa Run Haverford West with Pure West Radio in association with Haverford West Town Council, kindly supported by Pembrokeshire College and Millforge. Santa and his sleigh will be parading the streets of Haverford West. Whilst COVID regulations restrict meeting Santa face-to-face, you can join in the festive cheer from your doorstep and wave to Santa as he goes by. You can track Santa via purewestradio.com to find out where he'll be making an appearance on your street. We are raising funds for the Mayor's Chosen Charities for this 
year's Santa run. Donations can be made via the Just Giving page on our website. Ho, ho, ho! See you soon, Harbour Ford West. Pure West Radio. Guess you moved on really easily You found a new girl and it only took a couple weeks Remember when you said that you wanted to give me the world Good for you, I guess that you've been working on yourself I guess the therapist I found for you, she really helped Now you can be a better man for your brand new girl Getting everything you want You bought a new car and your career's really taking off It's like we never even happened, baby Tell me what is up with that And good for you, it's like you never even met me Remember when you swore to God I was the only person who ever got you Well, screw that and screw you You will never have to hurt the way you know that I do Well, it's Pure West Sport for a Monday evening with Pembrokeshire Properties. Uh, really good to be with you. So much to get through uh, this evening. Really want to hear about the coldest places you've watched sport after a real wintry weekend in Pembrokeshire, which is quite fitting, actually, as we welcome our next guest on the show. Big friend of the show as well. Great to have her back on. Uh, Joe Price is with us. Hiya, Joe. How are you? Hi guys, good, thank you. You'll be sick of me by the end of this. Never, and we, we say fitting because you, you watched a, a, a pretty cold night, didn't you, on Friday? And we'll talk all about the Wales women uh, result. Great win against Greece. How cold was it on Friday? Um, I think my toes are still in Parker Scarlet, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that cold. 
Yeah, listen, we're, we're going to come to that in a second and we'll talk about uh, the Wales-Austria draw as well. Fraser's dreaming of the World Cup and so are the Wales women as well. It could be a bit of a double. But um, we're going to start, Joe, by actually getting you to explain about a really interesting initiative, um, Street Football, which is aimed at tackling homelessness and social exclusion for people over the age of 16 through football. Um, I think this is a great scheme. Can you just tell people listening and watching what, what this is about and what your involvement is? Yeah, definitely. So um, initially, we set this up through through the youth service, who I work for, and um, it's for it's aimed at anybody that has ever experienced social exclusion ever, and that's a really really uh, broad term, isn't it? So um, it's for yeah people to be able to get involved um, using football really as a tool for many different things. So to meet new people, to learn new skills. Um, and basically, it, it's an attempt to try and get the first person from Pembrokeshire to get to represent Wales in the Homeless World Cup. Mm. Um, so we run weekly sessions, um, and it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, any, like I said, anybody can join in. Anybody over the age of sixteen, um, and it, like you know, anybody can just come and play football. Whether you want to watch, whether you just want to meet new people, whether you want, what, you can get fit. Um, so there's lots of different people that can get involved with that and we're really excited to be able to push it forward and there's no stigma attached to it either good stuff fraser yeah just thinking joe there about what you're saying so you're talking obviously about improving people's football skills but is it fair to say that the primary goal is, is to improve people's lives it's more about these people's esteem and like you just said they maybe have suffered social exclusion so might be low in confidence or, or worried or particularly nervous about life or anything in particular and, and that is the primary focus is it to work with them socially to work with them as people uh, and football is almost a side product of that absolutely yeah and like, like you said phrase it's for anybody that um, could be struggling, struggling to meet new people, and it's just an opportunity to get to get away for an hour and an hour and a half for for people to just just to be able to engage in something really positive. And there's so many benefits that that can come of that as well. And, you know, especially post COVID as well, people have lost mm. connection with people, uh, with friends, and it's just an opportunity to come down. Like I said, no stigma attached. Nobody's judging anybody, um, and just just come along and play. You don't have to be. Cristiano Ronaldo or Joe Allen, um, you know, it's, you, you don't have to have played before. Just come, come and try, try um, and give it a go. Yeah, the important thing is, where does this actually take place, Joe? You haven't said where these sessions are going to be taking place. So at the moment, it's um, in, it's at the Mugger behind the, the community hall in Merlin's Bridge. Okay. But from January, it's going to be indoors. So the the venue is t- uh, to be uh, determined there, um, but. What will happen is I'll be I'll be putting things out on social media yeah. um, to, to let people know where it is. But anybody can contact me as well, um, and you can either by phone or email, and we can put we can put in the comments here the number mm-hmm. of the email address. Um, so anybody can contact me to to be able to book into the session. Um, there's no there's no limit on the numbers at the moment because it's outdoors. Um, yeah. Obviously, you know. COVID safe and making sure that it, that's all risk assessed that it's safe for everybody to join in. How powerful is, is sport, do you think, Joe, for, for improving mental health? And you touched on the COVID lockdowns we've had in the last year. And, and, and I've always <clears> said, you know, we've had to have restrictions, but we could also have a mental health crisis on our hands if we're, if we're not too careful. How powerful is something like this in, in combating those sort of issues, do you think? Yeah, it's it's very helpful, and I mean, like I said, there's there's no judging. That's the biggest thing. You know, people will often feel quite daunted about going into something new, but 
every absolutely everybody is welcome regardless of your situation um, but sport is such a powerful tool isn't it to helping with, with mental health and well-being as well and this is just a perfect example of that how do the sessions work do you play games do you do coaching what, what type of stuff do you do so um, it varies. So at the moment we've been playing games, but we're going to be doing a lot more drills as well because I don't know if you've ever seen the Homeless World Cup, but it consists of three outfield players and a goalkeeper. So oh, it's wow. a bit like five aside, um, and they use the they use the walls then for the ball to be able to be bounced off, and it, it's just fantastic. It's probably the most humbling experience ever when I went over to Poland to the Homeless World Cup. It's it's the most fantastic thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, how often in football do you see players pick other players up and carry the carry the other team <laughs> off injured and things like that? And it, it's just a fantastic thing to be a part of. And like you said, tackling social exclusion, it's so important at the moment. Yeah, I'm interested to know, actually, Joe, you talk about people socially excluded, but it doesn't necessarily mean they haven't had exposure to football before, does it? I mean, I, I, in fact, I know young individuals myself growing up maybe Gordon and Ben as well who are extremely talented sports people but for mm. whatever reason maybe fell out of love with it or, or because of societal reasons or background reasons weren't able to yeah. continue with it are you finding at the moment with this initiative when you're overseeing coaching and training and so on that you're getting a lot of different standards you're getting people who literally have not played before who've just turned up to give it a go and have fun and those who are clearly talented and have played before and for whatever reason weren't able to carry it on yeah, absolutely. And I just need to stress as well that you don't need to have been homeless to represent Wales in the Homeless World Cup. Um, like I said, it's about tackling social exclusion. Yeah. But um, we've a really wide range of, of um, abilities that have, have been turning up as well. Like some that have never played football before, some that weren't even interested in sport. Mm. Um, but like I said, it's an opportunity for people to get together. And then you've got others that have played at you know county level. Mm. But everybody is just so inclusive there that... You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're you've played before or not. Um, Joe, we'll put your contact details then on this video when it gets posted <laughs> on the Facebook page, so people can get in touch. Um, where do you find the time to? to you're, you're leading this project at the moment. Are you looking for some support as well to help you help you with this? Yeah. So the, um, the there's a job advert out actually for a coordinator for a development officer of um, street football and, street, and linked with Street Football Wales. So it's ten to fifteen hours per week. So it's a paid it's a paid opportunity, and they'll support with um, with your safeguarding qualifications, with um, coaching qualifications as well, and a first aid certificate. So that job can be found on Indeed at the moment. Um, it's on the Street Football web Street Football Wales Twitter. Facebook and their website as well but if anybody's interested contact me as well and I'll put, I'll, um, put you in the right direction for that so a uh, really really fantastic opportunity to be able to get involved in sport and I think the paid opportunities um, are, are mm. few and far between so but yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. Well, listen, keep up the great work with that. And thank you for telling us about it. And as I say, we'll, we'll make sure the details go on, on this video um, after the show uh, when it's live on the Facebook page. Uh, so two Wales sides are dreaming of the World Cup, Joe. Uh, let, let's start with the women because you, you covered the game on Friday, as you said. I know Gordon and Fraser were, were delighted with it as well. Um, a, a big win against Greece, wasn't it? Uh, which sets yeah. up the game tomorrow against France. How, how, how are you feeling after that game on Friday and with what's to come tomorrow? Yeah, really optimistic, you know, like the, the momentum of the girls at the moment, that's the, the benefit of having the draw that we've had um, so far, that it, there's great momentum, the, the morale in camp is fantastic, I think they've just had a Christmas a Christmas uh, party, I think, <laughs> they had a, a Christmas dinner anyway, but uh, yeah, I mean, the fantastic morale, everybody seems to be really excited and really happy, but you know, 
previously we wouldn't have been excited about playing France. It's, mm. It would kind of be uh, damage limitation, wouldn't it, playing against uh, the bigger nations like that. But everybody's mm. really excited, not just the players, the coaching staff, but the fans as well. Everybody is really looking forward to, to, to the opportunity about uh, the opportunity to play France to to see kind of you know where we're at. It's obviously a very difficult game on paper, Joe, and France will start favourites. But could this be a watershed moment for Welsh women's football tomorrow and now? A moment where I say we've obviously shown big improvements in the last few years, but where we no longer settle, as you just mentioned there, for maybe being distant second or being middle of the range in the group. Is this a moment we can make a real statement and compete with a world-class, and maybe beat a world-class side? And maybe it becoming not about trying to sneak into a playoff or whatever, but actually winning the group. But is this a chance for the girls involved tomorrow to make a, a massive statement? Yeah, most definitely. And I think, you know, the turning point for, for us in, in Wales women was the England game in a, a previous campaign. Mm. And I think, you know, that was the real benchmark of, of where we're at now. But you think about, you know, the, the defensive foundations that, that we speak about um, laid by Jane and her coaching staff mm. and now gives the opportunity mm. for us to play a more attacking style of football. And, yeah, I think I think tomorrow will we'll be the test, really, it, it, We'll see where we're at and, and what we need to improve on. But most definitely, it's such an exciting time to be a Welsh fan for both the, the women and the men's game. But most definitely tomorrow, I think that, you know, I, I don't think that the girls are going there to thinking about, you know, how many goals are we going to concede? Not damage, it, it's no going to be, can yeah. we get an early goal? And they're going for the three points. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, confidence is the, the key word there, Joe. I mean, the last 12 months, the, the Welsh women have been on such a high and they've got some tremendous results. And going into this game uh, against France, you're quite right. They can go in there with real, uh, real enthusiasm of, of yeah. taking a victory, not going there negatively, thinking, oh, how many goals we've got to keep, dim- uh, you know, keep it down. I think Wales can actually go there. They've got enough quality and depth there and some real real youngsters that have really mm. shone and this is Wales's moment they've got to take it with both hands now and, and, and really go for it uh, in this game against France I'm sure that's how you see it yeah yeah and I think that the beauty of it as well is that we now have strength and depth in the squad as well you've got Carrie Jones just signed her first professional contract and what a phenomenal player she mm. is 18 years of age she comes on the pitch no fear she's yeah. extremely direct and she you know she'll come off the bench and, and and she'll bring something she'll offer something and of course you've got Jess Fishlock MVP in the NWSL so you know and Sophie Ingle an Olympian and, and Harry yeah. James as well yeah. fantastic player Kaylee Green Helen Ward all-time Wales goal scorer I could go on and on, but um, yeah, you know, we've got a real exciting squad there at, at the moment, and I think it's just, they're just going to go from strength to strength. So Wales second in the group at the moment, aren't they? But two behind France. What's the what's the qualification rules? Yeah, is it automatically you qualify if you win the group, and then is it a playoff? No, you ask me this question. Mark yeah. Poyser is the man for this. <laughs> um, so is it abacus into, out time? It could be. You go into yeah. a playoff, I think. Yeah. Um, but don't quote me on that. I always count on Mark. I think that they go into a playoff then. Yeah. I'm not sure. For, for the World Cup in Australia, of course, which That's was right, so exciting. New Zealand, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that would be amazing. Um, and of course, Wales men as well got the, the draw for the, the playoffs, which are in March. Uh, Austria. For, for Wales, how, how how are we feeling about that? A, a win there would then open up a game against Scotland for a place in the World Cup. Um, no doubt about it, 
um, the three of you. That that's a pretty decent draw for Rob Page's side, I think. Huge opportunity. There's no hiding from it now, is it? We, we talked about the Wales women there and and the elevation in standards and how now you have to look to produce and win and not just settle for for brave losers, so to speak. And the same now applies to the men's side. It's the best chance to reach a World Cup. I think it's lasting in 1958. I think Wales. You remember that one, <laughs> Not quite. I've seen a few black and white videos, but it, it, it's two home games. It's a draw that couldn't have gone better than for them. There's no excuses now. You know, with the players they have, with the squad they have, with the ability they have, it would make them favourites to go through. Mm, it's a perfect incredible. draw, isn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, when we, I was speaking about it with some of my friends about who, who we would like to who we would like to draw, and it, it's dreamy for me, Austria at home, and then mm. Scotland at home if, if, if we beat Austria, I think. Yeah. And I wouldn't have chosen it any other way. No. What would be the bigger achievement then, the, the men qualifying or, or the women qualifying? Because both of them are unbelievable, aren't they, really? When you think how long it's been since Wales were at a World Cup in the men's game. Uh, but Gordon, I thought, touched on it, um, the improvement of the Wales women's team in the last year. And I say that because mm. we've been doing this show for about a year. And, and when we when we started, we, we, we were a bit worried about where the Wales women's side were going. And, and they've had a really good year. It's hard to quantify what would be the bigger of the two. Yeah, for the for different reasons, I think that you know they're they're equally as important. I think um, you look at at the Welsh women, and you know never qualified for a major a major tournament. Yeah. The yeah. large majority of them are now um, full time full time athletes, so the expectation is higher. Um, but you know, for the men to qualify for the World Cup, like Frey said, I think it's fifty eight that, that they last qualified. Yeah. But for me, it's about their performance and, and how they've achieved this so far. And Rob Page, I think that there were a few doubters, weren't there, with, with well. Rob Page? But I think I think he's fantastic. I don't think he'll be there forever, but I do think that at no the manager's there forever. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I say forever, only Alex I mean, Ferguson did that. But yeah, I think that I think that he's he's done a great job. He's made some. Um, tactical changes in, yeah. in the midfield three as well, which have proved to be really successful. Mm. He's, again, he's got some great youngsters. Uh, Nico Williams, Jeepers, mm. Creepers. He's on yeah. fire, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, Joe, you talked about Rob Page coming in there as, as a change, and that was obviously an enforced change. I mean, just before you go, and I might get you in trouble by asking this, but J- Jane Ludlow leaving the women's side. We've spoken about Jane before. Obviously, there's not yeah. many characters like her, but that seemed at the time, especially to me, like a hammer blow. To, to, to Welsh women's football when she left. Obviously, Gemma Granger has come in, completely different style. You have to be, I don't think anyone has the same style as Jane. Certainly not in man, manager or player management, but has done a brilliant job. Is it? Is it now looking like what seemed like a massive negative could actually have been a change at a refreshing time? Has made you freshen things up, the setup, and a new approach has helped the team? I don't, I don't know, Fraser. I think it is um, a case of I don't think that Wales would be able to play the way that they are tactically now if it wasn't for for the work that Jane put in defensively. Because there's mm. uh, there's no way that they could have played this attacking style of football without that. But um, you know, everything happens for a reason, and uh, Jane is in a great place now. She's um, she's with Man City as well yeah. with their academy mm. as their academy director. Um, and I think, you know, there always needs to be a change at some point. It's just, mm. you know, as as and when it happens. But I don't think there's any doubt in the, the work mm. that, that Jane did with the squad to how far that they've come, to prove how far that they've come now. So, 
More Re- reaping of, the benefits. More maybe, a case yeah. of Gemma building yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, Gemma, Gemma is, is also doing a great job there. And yeah. I know that the girls think speak very highly of her as well. So, you know, she must be doing something right. There's um, <laughs> that Wales are scoring a lot of goals at the moment. And, and yeah, so, you know, it happens, it's doesn't it? Well, it's a massive good luck to the, the Wales women's side tomorrow. Big game against France. And Joe, good luck to you as well with uh, the Street Football Initiative, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. So we're, we're going to put all the, the contact details up um, on the video so people can get in touch if they uh, want to find out more. And it could be an exciting 12 months ahead for Welsh football, couldn't it, for, for so many reasons. You'll have to tell me what it's like to be in the playoffs, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Qualified or Uh, (laughs) but good times to come no doubt about it and we'll follow that game tomorrow with interest joe as ever thank you ever so much for being on the show it's brilliant to talk to you uh welcome back again we'll speak to you again soon all right thank Uh, you guys we're going to speak to dan birch about a brilliant bit of fundraising that happened earlier on in the year and we'll wrap up with some of the local rugby as well before nine on pure west sport Introducing MyPems, the online marketplace for independent sellers in Pembrokeshire. Looking to take the hassle out of marketing and selling your products online? Want to reach new audiences or customers whilst being part of a bigger community of local businesses and retailers? Then check out MyPems.com. We're only a click away and could be the answer to taking the stress out of selling your products online. So whether you're a shop, an independent artist or maker, connect direct with customers and join a growing movement looking to buy locally at MyPems. For the perfect solution, contact Lillian and the team at MyPems.com. Castle Hot Tubs are Wales' largest multi-award winning wellness company based right here in Pembrokeshire offering luxury hot tubs and swim spas to suit every need and budget. Check out their Pembrokeshire range of hot tubs inspired by the beautiful beaches and coastline of our county at castlehottubs.co.uk A warm welcome awaits at the new showroom on Vine Road in Johnston. Want to win a hot tub for a week? Tune into Pure West Radio every weekday morning at 10.45 and play Who's in the Hot Tub for your chance to win Castle Hot Tubs the friendly company big enough to cope small enough to care Oh, Loch Farm Ice Cream handmade delicious ice cream using the milk of their 350 free range cows right here from their Pembrokeshire family farm Come and try the extensive range of flavours which include traditional banana blackberry chocolate Coffee, ginger, lemon, Pembrokeshire honey, Pembrokeshire salted caramel, raspberry truffle, pistachio, strawberry and many more at their newly opened shop on the Riverside, Haverford West. They offer a range of sizes from small tubs and cones to eat on the go or insulated takeaway tubs for you to enjoy at your own pleasure. Loch Farm Ice Cream. Seven Spice! With a staff are oh so nice! You'll love our Jalfrezi and special rice. What's even better is our price. This will have you coming back not once, but twice. <laughs> Enough of all that rhyming. Malaki! The Seven Spice of Market Street, Halford West, offers the finest Asian cuisine, open six days a week. They offer a fine selection of Indian dishes to eat in or take away. Book your table now or place your order by visiting sevenspice.uk or call Aki on 01437 762 789. The Seven Spice, where the staff are 
Oh, so nice. West is best on Pure West Radio. I wish, I wish I could hear you say my name. I wish, I wish we could do it all again. I wish, I wish I didn't have myself to blame. Monday evening, Pure West Sport with Pembrokeshire Properties. Really good to chat to Joe Price, a, a brilliant initiative, I thought that, Gordon, about uh, street football, but also some proper excitement for uh, the Wales women's side tomorrow against France, wasn't there? And they're on the cusp of something there, aren't they? Oh, definitely. Uh, Wales, as I said earlier, have uh, played really well this last 12 months, and uh, now they're playing France tomorrow in a, in a big game to, for Wales ladies football uh, so fingers crossed they'll uh, go out there in positive mood and hopefully get a result it will be yeah. hard but uh, they're in uh, confident mood so good luck to them 
Absolutely. Uh, before nine, we will have a quick look at what happened in the local rugby and some indoor cricket as well. Uh, but Fraser, do you want to introduce our guest who's with us now? Because we're we're going to recap a story we actually covered on the show earlier on this year, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Pleasure to welcome Dan Birch here tonight, a good friend of mine and well known to Gordon as well, and, and well known in local sporting circles, well rugby player currently in Milford Haven. But but what we're about to talk about tonight is something that far exceeds the importance of sport and then that was the situation mm. on his baby daughter Ocean that's long ago was born, born prematurely and um, and there was been a, a fundraising campaign about to help down with that and I believe a cheque has been presented to Ronald McDonald House this week Dan is mm-hmm. that right and, and I'll let him pick up the story here and, and just maybe touch on what's going on Yeah um, we've recently spoke to Ronald McDonald to present the cheque that's going to be at Half Dress Rugby Club um, tomorrow night. Funny enough, it's been well about well, it's been twelve months since we were going through what we went through with uh, oh. Little Ocean, wow. which, which isn't so little anymore. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's not a and that's the, <laughs> and that's the yeah. most important question, Dan. How how is she now, and how are you doing as a family now? Because obviously, what what you and Naomi went through. Are you getting well. much sleep now, Dan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not right. Um, I the last three nights out of the whole year, there's been the first time we've had full night's sleep. <laughs> so I think we've been in the corner there, God. <laughs> Welcome to parenthood, mate. <laughs> Danny, it, no, it she's, was. In- she's doing. She's doing really well. She's um, exceeded all expectations, really. Um, October last year. We got rushed into um, Glanguilly, which ended up going into Newport Gwent, which ended up into Cumbran. Uh, then she needed surgery, so we went to the Heath. Then we came back to Glanguilly. She needed a second op, so we went back to Cardiff to come home, which all in all would have been three and a half months. Wow. And then wow. to yeah, to see it now is, is amazing. It's, yeah. We, we make the most of every day. It's, we're very grateful for what we've got. It must have been a really inc- incredibly unimaginably challenging time for you and your family. O- Ocean was 10 weeks premature, wasn't she? And yeah, I just yeah. wonder, Dan, the, the, the support you received from the Pembrokeshire sporting world and the sporting community, that, that mm. must have meant so much to you and your family at the time. Yeah, when, well, Mikey Jones, he was the one who arranged it from Half Dress Rugby Club. We go back, God. Eleven since we were eleven years old to fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, he phoned me up when we were in. Um, I think we were in the Heath at the time. Yeah, he says he's got an idea. He wants to. He wants to get all the clubs that I'm involved with um, all together. Raise money for. I think he wanted to raise money for like our stay in Ronald McDonald's, which yeah. was I think it was about eight weeks, and um, I think at the. I think in total it was four and a half thousand pounds was raised, and that was from everyone from Pembrokeshire. It wasn't just the four clubs, which at the time it sort of pushed us over the finish line, if you know what I mean, because mm, yeah. we came home and, and the challenge was still going. So we got involved in the challenge and we, we got hope. So we were going on our walks and things like that. It was, uh, yeah, very humbling to know that. The amount of people and the like, sports people and anyone in Pembrokeshire was supporting us. And um, you didn't realise yeah. how popular you were, Mister Bird. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're not popular on the rugby pitch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, it was amazing. It was amazing just to to feel that love and support from Pembrokeshire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of it did. It's seen us over the line coming home. Um, and like I said, she's such a little warrior. It's, it's yeah. It's surreal, it's Dan. Yeah. Looking back on everything you went, you just described at the Thomas timetable events you had there. It's surreal. Has it has it sunk in those, those two or three months that you spoke about? Will it ever sink in? Do you think? I don't know. Um, it was strange because you're in such a bubble and you've got to keep yourself so like strong at the time. Yeah. You come home and then then you just sort of parents and you mm. realise like what's just happened like that that can't be real. Mm. And uh, it, it did affect both of us like, of like with our mental health and things like that. And um, I fully understand that. And I'll I'll make a shout out to get the boys left because they've pulled me and and Naomi through mm. when we were at like rock bottom yeah. when we were trying to understand what happened. And they're a charity run. Um, place and they're very popular around Pembrokeshire, and yeah. so they should be because what they've done for us is is brought us back to reality, yeah. and they've helped us uh, a long way through this. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Just just mm. remind people listening and watching what, what what's the what's the final figure that was that was raised, Dan? I'm not sure the exact number, but I know we got to four uh, around the four and a half thousand pound figure. Brilliant. Um, and and that that is enough to I think it sponsors a room. Yeah. In in the Ron McDonald's, it will like it'll house um, parents in the Ron McDonald for like a certain amount of time. Yeah, yeah. Because I know, I think they they say it's about twenty five pound a night, um, and say we were there for say two months, yeah. and I think it's wow. it's I think it's got probably about eighty rooms in this one place. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, it's just this. It's strange because it's just we're like like I said, one year down the line of where we were, and it's um, we're yeah. in like two totally different places. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, I know. I can joke about this, Dan, because I know you've joked about it on social media yourself. But but on a light night, how's the dad bod looking? And are you back in? The back, <laughs> are you back training with Milford Haven anytime soon? <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. I've tried to do a bit in CrossFit, a bit down um, down Milford, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the belly. I don't think it's going anytime soon. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I joined the Milford team for that running challenge, and judging by some times, mate, you weren't the only one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you weren't the only one carrying a bit of timber from what I said. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I tell you, like, you know, Fraser, the boys down in Milford are brilliant. Yeah, great set of lads. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was obviously the fundraiser for the for the running challenge but they obviously they raised money for the mm. like us as a family themselves sure mm. and yeah. like yeah, the, fam- the family uh, feeling down there you can't get much better I don't think oh, it's brilliant the, the power of sport eh? we found out a bit about that on the show this evening haven't we with both of our guests um, yeah. Dan it's great to hear from you um, I, I know you're so grateful for the support um, that you have from yeah. the sporting community we're going to let you go early. now Dan because yeah. we, we know that you need your sleep so you need get a bed. Night. yeah it's nearly <laughs> 9 o'clock He's after this weekend I need it with the storms <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I bet you've been really busy, mate. He's had to get back up to come on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's great to hear how you're all doing, though. Thank you very much for joining us on the show this evening. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Thank you very much. Cheers. Good stuff. Cheers, Dan. Thank you ever so much. And what what a great way to to finish the show with some some really positive news. Let's have a a, a real quick finish on on some of the other big stories in the weekend. Um, How about Aberystwyth getting revenge against Whitland in in the rugby? Seriously, Whitland obviously had Mike Phillips in their side the last time they played. Would that have motivated Aber a little bit for the return game? And they won 31-26, didn't they? 
Yeah, if yeah. you want to, I don't think so. If I'm if I'm perfectly honest, Ben, I think it's just a case of a league game they had to win. Uh, they probably appreciate the occasion when Mike Phillips being there last time, and it went down to the wire. I think a late try actually from yeah. Aberystwyth Twist. So I was just impressed the amount of points scored in that win. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's a tough place to go, Aberystwyth yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, they, they, you know, they know mugs in their own pitch. So uh, Whitland run them close. To be fair, I'm surprised. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't think I would have liked to be on the bus when those wins go around the coastal roads. <laughs> <laughs> and we always do the rugby scores in the first hour as well. And PembrokeshireSport.co.uk uh, is the place for loads of match reports. Fraser, have you got some indoor cricket scores to hand there to, to finish us off? Yes, I have. Starting with the, the biggest one of the night, there's another win for Llanry Um I think my, <laughs> my season my, my season debut remains on hold. I'm still waiting for the crisis, but they they, they chased down Pembroke Docks total of 84, won that quite comfortably. Uh, the Dock then played again actually and, and did bounce back to beat Nayland B. And uh, we're just waiting for the final score now. It's the uh, in the final Division 2 game of the season, actually, which, as we know, the Dock have already won. Hundleton have scored um, 92 for three there, so we're just waiting for the uh, for the run chase from the Dock. See, every week, Gordon, we expect it. It'll just be you and I on the show because Fraser's had a call-up, and every week he walks through that door, eh? Yeah, fair play to him. He's just not good enough to get into the <laughs> team, the truth be honest. <laughs> the truth hurts, Ben. <laughs> he might get a call-up. More of an outdoor man. Yeah. Let's hope so. Exactly. <laughs> next week, so. next week he'll come in with his runners-up medal. Promise. <laughs> <laughs> they only have six yeah. aside. There's no room for a number eleven in that squad. <laughs> Never mentioned it, Gordon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've, I've enjoyed your company tonight, and, and a couple of brilliant guests on the show. 